Brad and Glenda Pius. Thank you so much for sewing into Morning Drive Bible. Without your commitment and support, this initiative couldn't come to fruition. Greetings from Jerusalem. My name is David Nekretman. And my name is Scott Kahn. And welcome to Morning Drive Bible. So last time we talked about the public policy of abortion within the Orthodox community, how there can be more liberal strands and more conservative strands within Orthodox Judaism. And I will add, when we say a liberal strand regarding abortion or conservative strand, it does not necessarily correlate with other cases of being liberal in Orthodox Judaism. There can be people who would be considered ultra-Orthodox who might be liberal for abortion and vice versa. People who, at least in theory, could be on the left wing side of Orthodox Judaism, but would be very strict when it came to abortion. Correct. The normal rules of left and right within Orthodoxy, which is its own huge topic, may not apply over here. I agree with you. Can I put out a false rumor on you, Scott? That a you, false rumor? Yeah. You, no. You no. Like, no. <laughs> Don't you like Roe versus Wade? Ah, false rumor. <laughs> it's interesting because what David's referring to is the fact that until now we've mentioned David has a generally pro-life attitude, whereas mine is at least on a legislative level pro-choice. What I think is somewhat perhaps unusual in my approach is that I'm not a lawyer, so all lawyers out there, get out your knives and get ready to tear me apart. That's the whole purpose of going ahead and and commenting on the the podcast. My feeling is, from what I understand about Roe v. Wade, the famous decision of the Supreme Court in 1973, prohibiting states from prohibiting abortion— up to three months. In other words, once there's Roe v. Wade, it was understood that abortion up to three months is essentially a right that the states cannot outlaw. Most people who are pro-choice celebrate Roe v. Wade. I do not. From my perspective, Roe v. Wade is a poor piece of jurisprudence for various reasons. And most specifically, without getting into the decision of the court, to me, the problem is this, which is that fundamentally, whether or not a fetus is a human being, part of the mother's body, or something in between, is not something which anyone can decide. There's no answer to that. What I mean is that one must resort to religious or other faith traditions or any other way of determining natural law, whatever it might be, to decide whether or not a fetus is a human being, not something in between. Because of that, since a fetus is unclear and since there's no way to really know without revelation, without a faith tradition, without some other moral tradition, therefore, in my mind, for the Supreme Court to determine that everyone must accept that a fetus up to three months is part of the mother's body and it's her right to abort is an unfair intrusion into the rights of individual states to determine what the law is. So in my mind, as someone who believes that abortion should be legal, I think that Roe v. Wade is a poor decision. I wish the Supreme Court did not decide that. I would want, I live in Israel, but if I lived in the United States, I would, I suppose, want to live in a state that would permit abortion. But... I believe that it should be up to the states because that's exactly what the states are supposed to do. They're supposed to be able to make their own decisions for a smaller population when it comes to complicated questions like this. There's no way we can know whether or not there's a real right to life for a fetus. Therefore, it should be up to the states to decide. You live in Israel and on the books in Israel, it's allowed. And you can't do you know, federal government versus state uh, rights. We got one state. We got one state. We got one state here. You can't say because you live in Beit Shemesh. And I live in Netanya, 
that each neighborhood or council will have different legislative understanding about this issue. Through the entire state of Israel, there's one allowed, legal system. There's one legal system, and abortion is allowed. And there are no that goes against, different laws, exactly. And it would go against Jewish law, how it's actually actualized today. We know that the committees, 99% of the time, are going to allow an abortion, even though it doesn't fit into the halachic parameters of how we would understand. So, David, this gets into a much bigger question about whether the, we call it separation of church and state in the United States, whether that equivalent should exist within Israel. And people who come from a halachic perspective, often halachic meaning Jewish law, often will argue that, of course, Jewish law should govern life in Israel. And while Jewish law does mandate and govern issues of life cycle events, such as marriage, it does not affect that acutely other elements, such as abortion. So that's a bigger question. Should Jewish law have the ultimate say when it comes to Israel. And surprisingly, perhaps, I'm not so sure that it should. But I find it interesting that when it comes to school choice, which is what we have here in Israel, we can send our kids to any religious institution and the government will pay for it. We would want that. We would want that. That's fine. But when it comes to the issue of abortion, then all of a sudden, some Jews within the Orthodox world would say, hey, you rabbinic people, you have no rights over my uterus. Well, you're conflating two issues, I think. You're taking the idea of no separation of church and state and making it into one thing when it's actually two separate issues. The first one is, should the state decide religious issues? The second one is, should the state support religious institutions? So in the United States, those are often put together. Here, we can separate them. By saying there's school choice here, I have the right to send my children, and I do send my children, to religious schools that are given state support. That's the latter. That's talking about state support for religious institutions. But state mandating religion, which is the other side of separation of church and state, that's an entirely different matter, and that's relevant to abortion. I would say in the case of the state of Israel, where we're all about life, shouldn't it be that the religious authorities mandate that we continue life? I think there should be, again, because maybe this is my pro-life stance. You think? I think, (laughs) affecting my decision here. No, David, uh, you're fully objective in every matter. But there are many organizations out there I should say not many. There are a few organizations out there that help one not to have an abortion, to have the baby. If the parents or a parent, single mother, can't handle the situation of a baby right now in their lives, then there's the thing of adoption. Why is it that we must go to the most extreme form of the equation as opposed to a a more nuanced approach when it comes to this issue? And why should there be 18,500 abortions in the state of Israel, even though it's a small number, but from a Jewish point of view that we're all well, about we're a small, small, we're state. small state, we're over 6 million Jews living here in Israel, might be not statistically relevant in the sense of it's a high abortion rate, like the United States that had 60 million abortions since the passing of Roe versus Wade, Whoa. that's 60 million babies that could have had life. And not all of them were in the circumstances of of uh, where the mother's life was at risk, emotionally or physically, it was very much drive-by abortion decisions. Many of them were, yes. Right? So therefore, I'm like, when you're dealing in the context of life, I, I think that the state should come in and, and encourage not the first decision to end the life of a fetus, from, from that terminology, I would say life of a baby. The same thing here in Israel, that if we are... Jews, and Judaism is our faith, and the Bible is our book. 
But David, part of the problem is this. This is the beauty of the back and forth that we're doing. This is actually the conversations that we're having. I agree with you. This is the point, which is that I'm not saying drive-by abortion should be allowed per se. The problem is once you outlaw one kind of abortion and you let the rabbinate or whatever other religious authorities have a say in any given case, it becomes a slippery slope. And all of a sudden, a case where my rabbi, let's say, would allow an abortion, but the official religious authority, let's say the rabbinate or whatever it might be, does not allow an abortion in that situation, that's what I mean by a slippery slope. You have a real problem here. Because even somebody who, at least in principle, would want the state of Israel to be run according to Jewish law, that person would still have the problem of whose interpretation of Jewish law. There are many different facets and many different shades that are reflected in Jewish law nowadays. And the fact that, I'm speaking within Orthodox Jewish law, the fact that one rabbi will say something is allowed and another will say it's prohibited, are we going to give that multifaceted and variegated allowance in Jewish law and give it over to a single authority? That's what I'm worried about. That's the slippery slope. There's so many different factors in play balancing the very serious life of the fetus versus the life of the mother and even the emotional health of the mother. And different authorities are going to rule in different ways. I'm not sure I want to give over that decision-making authority to one authority, no matter what the situation. It could be that the official authority, whoever it may end up being, will decide in a way which I think is actually wrong. Jewish law is too complicated to give one authority nowadays that right. It's a tough call, and I'm not sure what the right answer is. I want to discuss this more with you in the next podcast. Okay, so let's let's save it for next time. Next Bring people time. coming back, okay? Yeah. <laughs> I'm David Nekrotman. And I'm Scott Kahn. And blessings from Jerusalem.